0: I was really encouraged and surprised this morning at the verse that you shared, um, PJ, right? Um, About prayer this morning, because that's right in my notes. I said, man, this lady's stealing my thunder. I don't know if I'm going to even be able to preach. She's taking my message from me here. But it was really kind of a confirmation that God has a theme usually for his people, and we don't even realize it when we're putting things together. My message this morning is perseverance in prayer and the importance of prayer. Romans 12, 11, and 13 says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Lord, I just pray that you will just bless these few minutes in your word, that you will teach us from your word, God, that you will uh, uh, allow us to... Be able to be doers of the word and not just hearers only deceiving ourselves, God just bless this time in Jesus name. Amen. You know as a chaplain and as a pastor, I speak with many people about spiritual things quite often, and many different churches, just like Dale, we go to different churches to share the chaplaincy ministry and and to be able to speak my inner as speakers and one of the things that i have in my interactions with most of the individuals a lot of times as i share uh, spiritual things with people one-on-one one one of the things that comes up quite often is people's um, need for a greater emphasis in their own personal prayer life they're not satisfied with their prayer life they Lack a lot of positive anticipation of faith, and their time with God seems to feel at times empty and meaningless. And most likely, this is the way and the reason why many Christians uh, pray so little and you know passionlessly, because they get discouraged when your prayer life doesn't seem to uh, be taking you anywhere. Um, I, I think of my own personal prayer time, um, my associate chaplain, Brian Alness, that was the director of Lake Beauty Bible Camp over in Todd County. Um, uh, when he got COVID, we all just believe that, I mean, there's too many holes to fill with this guy. I mean, he. You know, he was the director of the camp. They were starting a camp, a Bible camp in Jordan. Um, he had a, a, a Bible training certificate program going on. They had a building program. And then he was an EMT uh, for Swanville. And then he was uh, on call for my county as well as Morrison County as a responding chaplain when we're out of town. And, I mean, this guy just, he was an FFL um, licensed uh, firearms, so he did uh, the classes, the concealed carry classes. I mean, this guy just was busier than a cat on a hot tin roof, and like a, just a one arm paper hanger with the itch in a windstorm. <laughs> and he just said, and he's just a young guy. He was only 53. I mean, he was a real young guy, wasn't he, Dale? Um, and and I just believed that God was going to heal him. I just, there was just, I mean, it, it just was just something that we all were hanging on to. And then God took him home. And it, it's just, it's hard when you pray and you pray and you feel like that things don't turn out the way we feel that, you know, that, that they should. And we think, well, God, did you miss something here? And that's hard, especially when you're supposed to be the one that's the example, you know. And, you know, you wake up Monday morning after preaching a message on Sunday, and you're saying, Lord, is this really real for me? What I preached yesterday, I believe it and I want to follow it, but in my own life, there's those struggles that seem to don't have the answers. The scripture teaches us, and Jesus taught them saying, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You know, one of the things that we're seeing in our society today is there's this attitude that I think has bled over even into the church. What is it, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? Not what can I give, but what can I get? And we've become a society in our culture today as a society of takers and not givers. You know, we don't want to have to make any major sacrifices. We don't want to have any struggles if we can get away from them. We don't want any burden bearing where we have to bear other people's burdens. No inconveniences, no waiting, no uh, submission to authority even in our society today. And yet these ones that I have lost, I think of my dear elder brother, Conrad and then Ron Smith, one of my police officers that we've lost to COVID. And then Brian, I mentioned to you, and a couple of elders in our other churches, John, and, and then a dear sister, Wilma, and then my son's mother-in-law, Barb. One of the things that was said there at the funeral is, I really believe this about each one of these dedicated Christian people, is they were like the Good Samaritan story. You know, there was the priest that went by after the Samaritan had been had robbed and, and beaten, but he was busy, you know, and we don't know what the story was with him. But he didn't have time. He had to pass on the other side. And then we know the story, but then finally the Samaritan, who was willing to stop. And you know, there's an attitude that I'm... You know, I even have caught myself doing it. Driving down the road, and somebody's blinkers are flashing, and maybe needs help. And I'm thinking, well, you know, today I've I've got so much I got to get done. And well, if I stop, what if it's you know we don't well they've got to have a cell phone. You know, surely they've got somebody coming. And there's times where, where we maybe could have stopped and helped somebody or. Uh, you know, a long way, and we don't. And yet these people, um, especially Barb, she was one that didn't say, well, you know, they'll probably find help somewhere else or I, I don't, I'm too busy. But she was one that would say, what happens to them if I don't stop? What happens to this person if nobody does take care of them? And, you know, we really, as God's people, need to be able to have that heart of jesus and we must build our house on that being led of the holy spirit and that only comes as we build our house on that rock of prayer and you know one of the things about god is if if we truly love the lord we're going to want to share everything with the people we love the most the people that we care about the most and of course as the scripture says, and of course, I know this is review for most of us, Second Chronicles, would humble 14, where God says, if my people who are called by my name, if they would humble themselves, and then if they would pray, and then if they would just seek my face, then I would enable them to turn from their wicked ways. And he said, and then I will hear from heaven I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. And how important it is for us as God's people. And, you know, we see so much going on all around us. I think of, uh, and uh, again, the, the things that are going on are unprecedented. Our U.S. borders being wide open and everything that's the trafficking and the drugs and everything that's going on there, the covid the COVID-19 mandates and the trucker strikes and the Canadian crisis and school boards with the CRT, the critical race theory training and, and what's going on there and the defund the police and the BLM and the Antifa and the uh, political corruption and crime out of control and the shootings and the breakdown of our justice system, the losing our constitutional freedoms, uh, the Russian war that's going on with Ukraine and China and Hong Kong and North Korea and Afghanistan and then the Catholic Church and the scandals that are going there and and Bill Hybels and the affairs with Willow Creek and Ravi Zacharias and, and, and um, I mean, we could just go on and on. And it's, we see that it's a global issues that are going on that are breaking down in every segment of our whole world. And I remember in 9-11, when we had 9-11 hit, our churches were full for about a few weeks. And then everybody said, oh, okay, we can go back to normal. I think God's trying to get our attention here that's it, there's a lot more going on than what happened with 9-11. And what's it going to take, and I've had two or three people say this to me, what's it going to take to get us on our knees with true hearts of brokenness and repentance and crying out to God? And I had to kind of, I feel like the Lord's just kind of sharing, wanting me to share. He's taken me to the woodshed. And saying, "Griever, what's it going to take to get you serious about shutting off that one-eyed monster that you have in your living room, and getting back into the Word of God and getting back on your 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 knees and and crying out to the Lord?" And like I said, you you know where your treasure is, there where your heart will be also. You know you spend the most time. I think we went to Harry Potter. Down in the, the Universal Studios with our grandkids, and I had my I love Jesus hat on, and this guy was talking to me. He says, "I love Jesus too," and I said, "I just wish that people loved Jesus as much as they love Harry Potter." You know that look at look at what's going on here. People were waiting 180 minutes for a ride that lasts three minutes. And they were standing in line waiting 180 minutes. How many people would stand in line to see Jesus and to be with Jesus? You know, And, and that's one of the things that, that I see is that we have all of these areas in our culture and in our world that have overtaken and have kind of bled even into the church. The scripture says, This people, they draw nigh to me with their mouths, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many have waxed cold, and their hearts are far from me. And then as was mentioned and written on our board here in James 5, it says, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you might be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Do you realize that when, when we come before God, dressed in his own righteousness that he paid for with his blood, he became sin for us. The one who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be given his righteousness in exchange. And then He, the scripture says he ever lives at the right hand of the Father just to bend his ear to make intercession for us. That all of that's available for us and that what can we do through prayer is anything that God can do. We can, re, we can actually pray the heart of God back to him. And prayer then becomes omnipotent, just like God. Because God says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the doors will be open to you. He that seeks finds. He that asks will receive. And I think of Ari Torrey said he, after a message one time, this lady said, she came up to him and said, I found that God's promises are untrue. He says, oh yeah? Which promise did you find is untrue? He says, well, doesn't it say in John that if you ask anything with faith, believing you shall receive, that the Father might be glorified in the Son? And he says, yeah, it does say that. And she said, well, I prayed and prayed for my husband to get better and he died so there god's promises are not true he says wait a minute are you one of the ye's this verse is talking about it says if you ask anything with faith believing you shall receive that the father might be glorified in the son he says but the next verse 15 says if you love me keep my commandments have you been striving to walk with the Lord in an intimate way? Have you been striving to keep his commandments? And then it says, we know we receive we, what we ask in 1 John 5. It says, we know we receive what we ask because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Have you always been trying to do everything in your life that is pleasing to God? And she says, well, no, I live by the golden rule, but, you know, I mean, nobody's perfect, you know. And and he says, well, you know, Every And then the scripture says, if you abide in me and if my words abide in you, you shall ask what you were and I will do it. Have you been abiding, living in Christ and living in his word and, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Have you been striving to, to draw intimately close to God through his word and allowing God to speak to you, not just you speaking to him? Well, no, I haven't done that. He says, well, you know, then really, even though you're a Christian, these promises are not for you because you're not meeting the conditions. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we, want, we think God's this, this, uh, this cosmic bellhop up there and that we snap our fingers and, you know, and give him our prayer list and, and then he's supposed to respond right away. But, you know, the scripture here points out that we really need to um, be able to claim those verses by meeting the conditions of walking in the spirit the bible says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh for the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh and these are contrary one to another so that you can't do the things that you would and there's the struggle the battle that we've got to enter in every day as believers the bible says we've got to put on that whole armor of god Every day. And I mean, and, you know, we, we can't let ourselves slack. Because the Bible says our weapons of warfare are not of this world. They're not carnal. But they're mighty through God. Pulling down those strongholds. Casting down every imagination that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity and the obedience of Jesus Christ. And that only comes through prayer, it only comes through walking in the Spirit, it only comes as we stay in God's word, as we cry out to Him, as we become desperate. Are we in a desperate situation in the United States and prayer America today? When as we you know, and prayer is the one thing that that God uses to to actually allow us to be involved with what he's doing and prayer is the thing that we talk about in church but so so little of it was is done i was uh, i was encouraged that we spent you know at least five minutes we were praying together and most churches we just have a pastoral prayer and that's it And most churches have done away with the Wednesday evening prayer meetings that prayer seems to be the thing we talk about, but not much is being done. You know, there's barriers that we have in our lives that keep us from really being connected with the Lord. The scripture says in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God so your sins have hid his face from you so he will not hear. Sin separates us from that intimacy with God. It's not that he can't hear, it's he refuses to listen until we get things right with God. And there's so many times where we need that walk with God to be revitalized, and that only comes through repentance and brokenness and confession If we confess our sins, God is faithful. And he's just, because he paid for them, he can do with them what he wants. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All of it. And how important it is that we come before him. And, you know, I'm just a beggar telling other beggars where the food is because I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a chaplain and I'm a pastor. But I'm human, just like the rest of you. And I'm sure I sinned a couple of times before I even got in this building this morning. You know, it's not presumptuous sin, but, I, you know, I'm human and we fail. And we need that, and we were even talking this morning, I don't remember who I was talking with, it may have been Dale, that we need to exhort one another daily. I need accountability. There's no limit to where I can go back to in my own flesh if I don't have those accountability partners, those prayer partners, those people that will exhort me. That griever, how much time have you spent in entertainment and TV? And how does that line up with how much time you spend in the Word of God this morning or today? And, and what about you and your relationship with your wife? Are you still courting your girlfriend? Are you still, do you have a date night? You know, and, and, you know all of those things that, that we can let go if we don't have that support group around us. And especially as leaders, a lot of times we, we, don't, we don't have time to cultivate those deep-level bonded relationships. Most men do not have one godly, deep-level bonded relationship with other men. Everything is about a half-inch deep and six miles wide. But, and it's, they're associates, but they don't have a deep-level bonded relationship where they can undress emotionally and show all their warts and their idiosyncrasies and, and know that this person is going to be there for them through thick and thin and pray for them and exhort them and encourage them. They're loners. They're, they're all alone in, in a crowd because they, they... And then we start wearing masks and the masks, you know, here's my in-law mask, and here's my church mask, and here's my work mask, and, and you know, and we have all these masks that we wear, and everybody has these expectations, but nobody's telling you what those expectations are. They just are unwritten and, and unverbalized, but the But you're trying to figure out what they are, so you're trying to be this way for these people at the sheriff's office. I got to act this way, but then at church, I can act this way, and and then over at the towing place, I've got to act this way. No, you know, we've got to be able to take those masks off and be who God wants us to be all the time whether we're in the bathroom or whether we're out and standing in the pulpit. We've got to be those people that God can use, being led and filled with his spirit. All that God is and all that God has and all that God wants are at our disposal through prayer. Prayer can do anything God can do. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, I say to you, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you could be able to say to those mountain of problems, be thou removed henceforth to yonder place, and it shall be removed. And then Jesus said this, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Jesus promises that nothing will be impossible, but then again, we need to understand that God wants, a, wants us through prayer, through his word, through godly counsel and support and individuals around us. He wants to promote our personal holiness And, you know, God doesn't always answer a lot of times because he wants to develop that intimacy with us. So, you know, and if we could actually see the full picture like God does... We are glad that he doesn't answer when we would want him to because again, he sees the end result and how it will glorify him in a greater way and draw you in your depth of relationship and maturity with him through his delay. You know, it's like we look at the backside of the tapestry and see nothing but knots and strings and and, and nothing makes sense. God's looking at the front side of the tapestry. And he sees the whole picture. We just see the slice of life that we're living in. And God is sovereign and knows it all. And he said, if you will abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask and know that I'll hear and answer. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus the Bible says cleanses us from all sin. And God's outpouring with this. In the book of Acts we see the beginning of God's outpouring of revival in the brand new church that was being developed. And the church was so empowered by the Holy Spirit that the people of that day say, these people have turned the world upside down and they've come here now also. Wouldn't you love to see Jesus turn your community upside down which actually god turns the community right side up it's sin that turns the community upside down and we see that sin causes chaos and the confusion sin that has created its like, it, it's created the likes of washington dc And the condition that we see our government in. God has an answer for sin. And for a sin-sick society, he himself is the solution as we turn to him. The books of Acts, they had prayer. And then the disciples were, you see at the beginning, they were in one accord, not a Honda, but they were in one accord all together. And then we see all through the books, of Acts, we see that they were always there praying. And when Peter was let out of prison, they were praying for him. And the Holy Spirit came to do the work that only he could do, but the people were praying. And then the Holy Spirit worked. And then there was a great preaching of the word. And as a result of that great preaching of the word, then the Holy Spirit allowed the conviction of sin and brokenness And there was great hearts that said, what must we do to be saved? And it was always repent and believe and the refreshing will come. Prayer, the Holy Spirit, God's word, conviction, repentance, conversion, and then transformation. Even in the book of Acts, wherever you went, God's people were in prayer and in repentance, in brokenness, and God responds with forgiveness and healing, healing even to their land. And I I just say this in the last here. The hope of America is only going to happen in the Lord. If America is to be saved, God must do it, and we must not look to the White House. We need to look to the church house. The people of God need to awake to prayer and repair to we must return to the prayer closets return to prayer together in one place in one accord and then stand boldly for Christ proclaiming faithfully his word and I will just say this in closing will you do your part will you humble yourself and pray And seek God's face. And turn with brokenness and repentance from your wicked ways. And the Lord says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin. I will heal your land. I'll heal your homes. I'll heal your church. I'll heal your community. I'll heal your state. I will heal your country. The reason the United States is in the condition it's in today is because the church is in the condition it's in today. My people. It's not the hippies. It's not Washington. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together and Lord, I just thank you for each and everyone here and for their patience of of uh, being able to listen to your word and take it to heart. Lord, we realize we're responsible for what we hear, that we can't just be hearers of the word only, but we need to be willing to do what you have said to each one of us individually through your spirit. And Lord, I just ask that you'd forgive me where I have failed you. And Lord, help me to truly spend more time in prayer and more time in your word and more time praying for those that are lost around me and seeking for ways to share the heart and the love of Christ with those that need you so desperately. Oh God, we know your coming is soon. And Lord, we feel we're in the birth pangs of of revelation. And Lord, I just pray that you would Uh, allow us, stir our hearts, give us fresh vision, and, Lord, convict us and draw us close to you, Lord, that when you come, you will find those that are faithful still able to uh, raise up those that have been faithfully working in your kingdom. Just bless this church and these people now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I appreciate being able to be able to share this morning.